Warning, what you're about to hear may contain mature language, adult situations, and depictions of graphic violence. Listener discretion is advised. Hey guys, welcome to the Trash Heap. This is the show where we shower love on garbage movies. I'm Elliot Greenman. Joined me today is my co-host Keith Vance. Ahoy, nerds. And we also have a guest host today, Francis Greed. Francis, how are you doing today? I'm fine. Just fine? Yeah. Hi, Francis. Welcome to the Hi, show. Thank you. Happy to be here? Sure. Just sure. Man, just lack of enthusiasm here is killing me. But anyway, today we're going to do a movie called uh, Ghosts of Mars, directed by John Carpenter. Keith, you love this movie. I love this movie. I like to refer to it as John Carpenter's Doom. Uh, yeah, I was. that's a good re- comparison. I When I was watching it... Now, granted, everyone, I should also mention when I was watching this, I had just had my wisdom teeth removed and I was high on painkillers. So I don't know exactly with my interpretations of everyone else's, but to me it looked like it was a movie kind of set in a sharper image store in 1994 slash rave, but like after hours, you know? Yeah, I, I think that uh, based on uh, your synopsis there, uh, the writing team was also on similar drugs when they they created the storyline but i i think the the tagline of this movie should have been cannibals go to burning man because it's pretty <laughs> much exactly what you said uh well okay but before let's before we get into the meat of this it's time for knee-jerk reactions, knee-jerk reactions. so this is the part where if we see anything that we uh think is crazy we talk about it i didn't see anything crazy did you Yes, I have seen a movie trailer and some research for the show. I came across the movie trailer for 1998's Deep Rising. You're a little behind the time on, Williams, on that one. Which is, it's an incredible movie. Uh, Wait, did you watch the movie or did you just watch I the I did trailer? not watch the movie, but um, the trailer, directed by our good friend, an old friend of the show, Stephen Summers, uh, is about a group of uh, hijackers who board an ocean liner uh, and rather than encountering, you know, a, uh, a lone New York cop or uh, a bunch of money, they find a giant sea monster. Wait, why would there have been a lone New York cop on this? I don't know. That's kind of a typical plot thread. But Fair enough. Either way, the movie is awesome. And judging by this trailer, it's the feel-good action hit of the summer. So The summer of 19 years ago. Yes. Francis, you got anything? Have you seen any movie trailers lately? Yeah. Um, well, I guess the only one that I can think of that I'm really excited about is uh, Swiss Army Man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the one with Daniel Radcliffe and what's his face? Paul Dano? Yeah. Um, I'm really excited about it because it seems like all the big budget movies are video games or comic books. Or remakes, or say they're sequels, but they're pretty much just remakes of the first movie. But this one seems pretty original, unless I'm missing something and it's copying something else. But out of my knowledge, I you know I just remembered something. This is not so much a knee-jerk reaction because I already saw the movie, but it was really good. So I'm just gonna throw it out there. If you haven't seen uh, Don't Breathe, go see it right now. All I can say is. Well, after the podcast. After the podcast, but you you can watch, you can listen to this, you can pause it, 
You can come back. Actually, if you watch Don't Breathe while listening to this episode, it'll match up perfectly. It's actually perfectly so insane. Bring it's your like, headphones. It's like Pink Floyd's The Wall and The Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Lines up. But all I can say is they messed with the wrong blind guy. <laughs> okay, well, let's get into the show. So you forced me to watch this movie. I, I did not hold a giant machete to your head. It was a small machete. Um, you forced me to watch this movie. I had seen the movie before when it came out around 2001. And I feel like 15 years was a, an appropriate amount of time. Well, let's, uh, let's provide some context. This was John Carpenter's last movie for about 10 or 11 years. Yes. After yeah. this, he kind of walked away. Yeah, where he just did a couple episodes of a TV show. Yeah, in between I think he directed um, some... the, the Night Court reboot. Yeah, that was... That was prime work, though. That was prime work. But there was that, and then he did The Ward, like, around 2011. But, yeah, in between then, he didn't really do anything. And you can kind of see why, I think, from from this movie. I mean... Francis, can you explain the plot? Like, what, what's, give a quick synopsis of Ghosts of Mars. Um, <clears throat> I watched it a few weeks ago, so I'm not too fresh on it. Um, trying to remember it is a little bit of a blur, but... Um, Wait, a blur? Like you're possessed by ghost parasites? No. Or like you're taking high-powered space No, like this movie was garbage and I can't really remember anything (laughs) Did you at any time have a hallucination of a wave while watching this movie? From the drugs in my necklace? Mm -hmm. No. That's a thing, guys. There's necklace drugs that make you see waves throughout this movie um the movie takes place on mars mm-hmm. um there's a team of like special ops or some group of like tough guys that come to investigate some strange happenings on a base on mars and they find out that there's um some entity from the planet that's possessing people to make them cannibals and then it also deforms them yeah, or they, makes it, them into like they mutilate themselves. Yeah. Oh, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah. Um, and Ice Cube is in jail because he's the only black guy there, and they think that he committed the crime. This is actually a sequel to uh, Boys in the Hood, so he's actually okay. reprising his role of Doughboy. This is a sequel to a lot of movies. Yeah. Uh, everyone thought Doughboy had died. He really <laughs> just went to Mars. <laughs> Jason Statham, who is in line for the lead. Of Desolation Williams, super criminal and Isn't Desolation Jones. I think it's Williams. Whatever doesn't does really matter. I wanted it to be Jones, but yeah, <laughs> I think it is Jones. You don't need to look it up. <laughs> How did we not research this? Don't look it up. I just watched the movie last night. I think I'm right. So I'm gonna talk for a while because Keith is looking something up on his phone. <laughs> um, this is really all you need to know about the movie, in my opinion. Uh, Mars is attacked. By one of the bandmates from Power Man 5000. Not unlike the Mars Attacks. <laughs> um, and then uh, these good guys have to show up to save him. Now, you'd think you'd get to Mars on a spaceship. You actually get to it on a train called the Marinera. <laughs> That's the name of the train. The Marinera. On the breadstick uh, expressway. Who, isn't there... Who did the soundtrack? John, John Carpenter. Carpenter. But it wasn't... I thought... 
Maybe this was a different movie that we watched where it's just a metal band. No, a bunch of... He collaborated with a bunch of metal artists from, like, Anthrax and this thing, like, all over. And they did it all together. Yeah, so you've got John Carpenter-style synth music and, like, stingers, and then also just, like, just pounding, crushing metal. I mean, if you can imagine how that would make you feel, that's... Very cool. I felt cool watching I don't know. I kind of feel like... I think John Carpenter, like... Even his his bad movies, he usually delivers a great score, and I thought this one was pretty by the numbers, like generic '90s, new metal. Bless sounding. He didn't do it oh yeah, the dream own. of the dream of the '90s was alive here for sure. For a, if if this movie had come out five years earlier, it would have been the Pulp Fiction of horror movies. Right, I don't know. Oh for a, quite a few reasons that I'll get into, but yeah, starting with the the cool music. Is this choices. a horror movie? I think it's, it's more of an action movie. It's a, like a horror action movie. I would say it's like action sci-fi. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, there's like the 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 go the ghosts, which are just like people possessed by ba- ancient bacteria or something. Like sentient bacteria are like very horrific, and they like you know mutilate themselves and they cut off yeah, people's faces. Yeah, they have that cool black metal aesthetic. So yeah, if you're into Norwegian black metal. This is like yeah. I mean, there's literally a guy with corpse paint and a giant knife, which is. Almost every black metal album from the last twenty years. Yeah, pretty so much. I think this is mo- the most influential movie of all time, probably. You know, this movie was originally supposed to be uh, Escape from Mars. It was going to be a sequel yes. to Escape from New York and Escape to L.A. But Escape to L.A. bombed, so they changed it to this because that just seemed like. Let's talk about a disappointing movie. I know I'm going to get off track right now, but Escape from L.A. I thought we weren't going to make this two hours. It's not going to be two hours, but I'm going to talk about this right now because I'm talking about one of the biggest disappointments in my life, and that was Escape from L.A. Because when that trailer came out, I remember very specifically being in the theater, watching that trailer, and being super excited. And I don't know if you've seen Escape from L.A., but it's pretty bad. Yeah, the scars run deep on that. It could have been very cool, and it has its moments. Yeah. Uh, specifically, Bruce Campbell as the surgeon is probably one of the highlights from Escape from L.A., but... Okay, now like I digress. Once again, I know you you really like this movie. Yeah, let's talk about the the opening real quick. I, earlier, I called this John Carpenter's Doom, and I stand by mm-hmm. that because uh, I know John Carpenter is a big fan of video games, and you see a lot of uh, uh, callbacks to the game Doom in this. And uh, Mars looks great uh, to start off with. It's so spooky and red and quiet and haunting. If you've ever seen a lonely red sandbox, you've seen the opening to this movie. <laughs> I don't know that anyone's ever seen that. Just picture a sandbox. Sand is red, and no kids playing in it. Just like an empty pail. But just like a lady cutting herself in, in it. Right. Yeah. That's how it got red. That's why Mars is red. Mm, self mutilation. From, from blood in the in the sand. Oh right. Yeah. 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 Which would have been a pretty cool title for this movie. Blood in the Sand? Yeah. It's already the name of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Is it? I don't know if that's true. There's a book out. I do. I do I'm, I'm a big fan of the opening of this movie, though, because we get a, uh, a drugged up N- Natasha Henstridge mm-hmm. uh, just rolling in on a train and having to explain herself to uh, the HR committee of her space police department. I think that's a fantastic way. That's cool, yeah. But let's also talk about those drugs... Like hallucinations, how fucking lazy! It's like uh, let's just superimpose a wave over her while she like closes her eyes, and that's her hallucination. So we know that she's not like 
that she's on something. Well, I know, but I'm saying it's a, it's the laziest drug drug scene I've ever seen. I think they were working with her range as an actress. Uh, I think she just needed a little bit of a crutch. No. You think she demanded the wave? I don't think she demanded it. I think uh, her performance demanded it. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, well, you really like this movie. I don't really see it. Uh, Ice Cube actually called, in an interview in 2006, called this movie the worst movie he's ever been in. Now, keep in mind, this is after, 2006 is after he's made Triple X2 State of the Union. Yeah, I was going to say, this is uh, not the worst movie that he's been in. I'm going to have to disagree with Ice Cube on that one. When did this come out? 2001. Oh, I thought you said it was after... He was. Oh, he I was see in an saying. interview sorry, from sorry, 2006. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. That was after he had already. He made must it. have watched gotcha. it. He probably saw it on Netflix and was like, "Oh, I remember doing this," <laughs> and got super bummed. Well, he was really high on that that a wave drug the whole time. Yeah. the movie. He doesn't even remember. I mean, this though, the Ice Cube, I think, is an inspired choice because you weren't really seeing a whole lot of of these types of like sci-fi and horror roles, you know, giving to you know rappers and things like that and i mm-hmm. think that he uh does a great job along with an extremely hairy jason statham yeah uh hot off the heels of snatch i do like ice cube. i like ice cube a lot i think he's got a lot of charisma he's not like a you know great thespian or anything but i you know i think yeah he growls and yeah. snorts and like scowls his way through he's the always enjoyable movie. on screen this is the best type of role for jason statham like i don't really think he works that well as the action hero guy but when he's playing this kind of like schmucky, oh, wisecracking perv. Yeah, that's like that's that's his uh that's his money spot. What right did there. you think about that? The Jason Statham. I'm talking to you, Francis. I know you're I know looking people, at people me. People can't see me <laughs> looking at you, but uh, he spends the entire movie just like lurking on his superior officer in the uh, the police squad. Uh, trying to have sex with her, he lures her into a back room at one point, and it's just like, huh? We're gonna die, so why not? Um, I mean, it's pretty. Uh, he's persistent. Yeah, is he the villain of the movie? Is he the real villain? Uh, he's the real ghost of Mars. I yeah. think no. I don't think so. I mean, I I don't think that that should have been such a big thing in the movie because it it didn't go anywhere, right? They never like fell in love. Like I get that's his character. He's pervy, but why was he? He doesn't want to fall in love. He just wants to bust a nut. Okay, but why wasn't he like that with every female? Like, there was another female on the team. Who was that? Uh, Wasn't there? It was Pam Greer. Yeah, Pam, Pam Greer. Greer. She was into the ladies, well, though. Yeah. She made a very so, clear pass. A, a pervert's a pervert. That's, <laughs> That's true. true. Yeah. You know those guys like, He oh, doesn't have oh, preference. Oh, lesbians love He's me. He's like, tits? Cool. Let me get that. Yeah. And deleted scenes, he went after Cube. <laughs> mm, that would have been better. And then Desla- but I'm de- he went after Desolation Jones. Excuse well, me. Well, one thing to point out, too, is uh, in the setup of this... Mars is under a sort of a matriarchal uh, command. Yeah, women are in charge and and run run the government. I'm actually pretty sure it's the train car marinara that's in charge. My God, marinara! I'm sorry, I gotta keep going because the train is. I agree with you. I don't understand. I I will talk about this throughout the entire show. Why is it because marinara sauce is red and Mars is red? I, one, okay, one of my notes actually about this is it seems like almost every character's name, and I didn't write down very many characters' names, so I can't remember, for example, but almost every character's name seems like a working name to be replaced later. You know, so maybe it was like, what do we call the train? He's like, I don't know, 
I'm just gonna call it marinara for now, and what then we'll, if, we'll change it later. And they're like, "Fuck it." I mean, John Carpenter's like fairly known for his uh, kind of corny names. Yeah. But like Cuervo Jones, yeah, etc. Et but, but those are corny and cool. Yeah. Right. But, but marinara so, is. So who was was his writing partner in the, he wrote this with uh, somebody else. Right. And like, I think whoever that was is now the most fascinating person in the world because whatever input they had on this completely changed it from what it could have been. I don't know. Was it, that's what I'm saying. It's like, I don't know if it actually was any input or anything. I felt like he wrote his first draft. And I think in those other movies where he has the corny names, he doesn't always come up with the great name right off the bat. So he has a working corny name, Marinara, Desolation, Williams, whatever. And then he'll think up something better. I think this time he just said, fuck it. Yeah, I think He's like, so. Marinara is good enough. I think, yeah, he wrote this as quickly as possible. Uh, he was like, Spaghetti Train, Meatball <laughs> Express. Ah, fuck it. I'm just going to call it the Marinara. <laughs> spaghetti Train, Meatball Express sounds way better, though. It does, yeah. So he didn't even get that far. He didn't even get the Spaghetti Train. Uh... Why do you love this movie, Keith? Well, I've been I've been talking about, man, the, like I was saying about the casting, Pam Greer in a wig, uh, you mm-hmm. know, acting like a hard ass and just laying into people uh, is one of my favorite things. I like the fact that women run the run the government and um, sort of men are sort of looked down on and mm-hmm. uh, uh, they don't take any crap, which I appreciate. Especially in space, where I think it could easily become uh, a male-dominated arena. Mm-hmm. Despite the fact that, you know, one of the first people to launch us into space, like the line of lines and lines and lines of code that helped get the first, you know, shuttle into launch were written by a woman, which is incredible. If you, have you ever had the chance oh, to look why up... Why is that incredible? I, I just think it's fucking awesome. Actually, it's I mean, kind it's of... it's cool that anybody did it. It is. Well, if you think of the context of the time, it was. It's yeah, it was. Yeah, probably more more difficult for women to you know break through into top tier government careers. Like she probably that. showed their up. Their brains with, don't work if they're not in charge, right? No, because just men back then were like, you know, women have these roles and men have these. She probably showed up with like the code the code for the space launch, and she's like, I got the code, and they're like, yeah, 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 sugar, why don't you go make some coffee? And then some dude try, took that and tried to claim it as yeah. his own. Well, that's why, so she took a photo with it. It's like the stack yeah. is like as high as her head. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the code? Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like all on paper and it's like stacked up like to the top of her head. Mm-hmm. And she's like smiling and happy and through little glasses. And, she, and in the photo, she was also holding a newspaper with the day's date and a rifle to prove that she took it that day. Then they Wait. took that photo. <laughs> Wait, Because she also assassinated Kennedy. And they it? gave... They put they put Oswald's face on that photo, and they took the credit away from a woman and gave it to a man. There's no room here for your revisionist history, sir. I'm just this is sir. just the facts, sir. All right, moving on. I'm gonna have security escort you um, off the show. So I want one thing I want to point out is so in this movie the the weird space bacteria, ghost bacteria, floats around from person to person. Well, they they release it. They release from it. an ancient tomb. An ancient tomb. In a mine. It was like the prison for the bacteria. Yes. And then when it gets into someone, that person's possessed. But if you kill that person, then the bacteria can release itself again. Yeah. And infect you. Let's uh, so let, from and, from this point on, let's refer to this as uh uh the alien ghost germs okay. so, or a ghost a, germs. Just ghost yeah. germs. Okay. So ghost germs. At least the ghost germs. AGGs. 
They Eggs. <laughs> they re- they established this like they figured this out like within like three minutes of the movie. Well, I think it, it takes about fifty different flashbacks to get to it's a that lot of flash point. point. But it's, they figure it out very quickly, so they know that killing the aliens is not a good uh, the possessed people is not a good idea. Yet they do it indiscriminately. They're like mowing people down with machine guns, throwing grenades left and right from like a few feet away, where it's like, and then they're becoming, and then they all get surprised when they get possessed themselves. But isn't there a way that you can lure it out of somebody? Oh, because. With the hope. main well, the main girl who had the necklace drugs, mm-hmm. she had it in her. The but then, drugs, but then they gave her the drugs, right? Not knowing that it would. Yeah, get he rid was of just. I think Jason Statham was just trying to give her day raper. Yeah, <laughs> on the on the surface of Mars, he's like, well, no, I think yeah, it was just like like, well, if you're gonna go, you better go like looking at a wave. You better go with my dick inside. And then the, the yeah, the drugs force them out. So that, they figured that out, but they figured that out way later. Is that that's another one of my favorite things about this movie is the solution to every problem is on the drugs. face of this planet is taking drugs you mean like ailments yeah are you are you sick are you bored at work are you depressed are you a, in a dead-end job as a like, hotshot space cop his, playing by your own rules it's not prescription drugs that you get at the pharmacist no. it's like hardcore yeah, high-powered space drugs hallucinogens but not nearly as powerful as the the laughing gas that uh one of uh Desolation Williams' uh, goons is doing later. You'll remember oh, he has yeah, that, he that oxygen himself. inhaler. And then he cuts off his hand. Yeah, that in a hilarious scene. Which no one really He's gives just trying to open no a cares. can of dog food. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With a knife. Yeah. If, if you knew how many times I almost cut off my hand trying to open up a can of dog food or any type of can... You, you wouldn't be like so surprised and you don't even this. do huffing gas. No, I was... Yeah, this is just regular mom and pop... You know, steak and potatoes, dog food, no drugs. Steak and potato, dog food. I'm saying it was the the, the <clears throat> procedure I was going through to get to this dog food opening. It was very run-of-the-mill. It was not drug-induced. Bizarre. Though, you're talking about the the huffing the gas made me think of something. They uh, wear uh, breathing masks throughout this movie because they're on Mars. But they're That's breathing incorrect. masks. No, they, at one point they mentioned they have... No, but most everyone is a veteran of coming to Mars, and once you breathe the air there, because it's partially terraformed, so once right. you breathe the air for a couple weeks, you get used to it. Only the the newbies, the rookies, uh, use the uh, the little breathing. No, but it's just glasses. Their their breathing apparatuses are just glasses. Yeah, he's right. I remember that. Oh, I glossed over that. Because it makes yeah. no fucking sense. I did make a note of how cool those goggles look on people like Jason Statham. who He gets the super thick goggles, and Natasha Enstridge only gets the uh, the rimless, clear goggles. It's like a, a clear labeling of the class system, where women have the, the elegant, more uh, subtle goggles, and men, because they're barbaric piles of shit they have to have the heavy clunky you know doofus is that goggles. or do women just like to accessorize better no that's uh, no i that's... think it's okay she has a necklace she has the fancy goggles i think she's just trying to look good for for cube but the, they they're not they're not together right she's trying to impress is... him she doesn't even know he's there francis you know i don't know anything about the artist seduction nope zero no. i don't need to mm. I have boobs. Let's talk about Ice Cube, though. Okay. Because, so Ice Cube plays Desolation Williams, a very well-known space criminal mm-hmm. um, who 
gets branded uh, as a murderer right uh nine times out of ten but manages to uh uh get the charges dropped Right. He's not. He's a. He's a space thief. Well, he's a classic anti-hero. He's his, yeah, he's got yeah. his own code of honor, and he doesn't really. He doesn't kill people unless he has to, and uh, he's just here to you know make some money. Well, I mean, like the nucleus. Like I don't like this movie, but the nucleus of this movie is good. Where it's uh, it does, like the 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 archetype characters are good, and it, it actually this is is very similar to two other John Carpenter movies combined. It's a lot like the thing combined with assault with. Pre- Precinct 13. There's also a sprinkling of Mars Needs Moms. Dude, Mars needs so many moms. Who else is going to father those? Mars gets all of its moms. Like, their society shifts in towards a government made up entirely of moms. Right, that's what I'm saying. They needed them and they got them. There's even a line, though. uh, There's even a line that they copy from Assault from Precinct 13. Because there's always that, that guy from... Precinct 13 years old was like, ah, stick around, I'll tell you about the story sometime. You know, about how he got out of his crazy... Well, that's funny you mention that, because in this movie, when people say, I'm going to tell you the story, they actually tell the story through flashbacks. <laughs> it was multiple, multiple flashbacks. Layers and layers of flashbacks. One, at one time, Cube goes, uh, maybe I'll tell you, stick around, I'll tell you about it later. Yeah. But so that's and he never that, does. He never does. No. Yeah. He said when the tide's high or something. Yeah. And then at the end of the movie he says Which the is tide's a metaphor high. for trouble. Yeah. Big right? trouble. Big trouble in Little Mars. So we're talking about Ice Cube and yeah. how he's uh he's too cool for the solar system, honestly. Like he comes in with his his black and red camo pants and mm-hmm. his sleeveless shirt. His biceps in this movie are I think they needed their own uh, quarters on his space travels. Quarters to Mars. Yeah. Oh, like their, their own rooms. Rooms. I got you. Yeah. yeah. One room for his right arm, one for his left, and then another room for his torso. He's got that. Head. He's got that weird, like, kind of buffness though, where it's just like it doesn't really look like muscles so much as fat in the shape of muscles. Are you really calling Ice Cube fat? Yeah. In I don't public. Know that you should do that. Man, he played a character named Doughboy. I don't think I can get away with calling him fat. You think yeah, he can't he find like, us? Hard. Yeah, but he was also he was fat hard. No, but he was like, like. But they called him Doughboy because he was fat. Yeah, but you know, like the really scary guys, you get you're you're like, oh, old chucklehead. Like, no, but that's the guy you need to be scared of. Like yeah. cheese sandwich over there. Oh, cheese sandwich. <laughs> what? You're supposed to be scared, and then you see him, you're like, fuck. Okay, first off, Ice Cube is not gonna listen. He might listen to this. Ice Cube is definitely going to seek out. Any Ghosts of Mars related material, or any Ice well, you Cube related I'm material. Not, I'm not afraid of Ice Cube. I'm afraid of Desolation Williams. Well, and he seems like I, a reasonable I, guy. Yeah, I think you I, should be scared of Ice Cube. Yeah, Ice Cube Shit. does not seem as level headed. Fuck. I think he's level headed, but he's like, he'll fuck you up. That's okay, he's now he's got a great physique. He looks great. His muscles are like unparalleled. He's also a wisecracking uh, through mm-hmm. at least the first half of this movie. In the second half, we get a lot more uh, deep emotional uh, cues from him. Some some soft soft looks and low talking, and he really shows a little bit of range. He's got an internal um, conflict. Yeah, he wants to be good, but he did so much bad. Yeah, he's trying to walk that line. Mm-hmm. Does he want to be good? I think he, I think he feels remorse for any shit he's done i don't think he's feel remorse for the shit he's done i feel like he can just get caught up in a particular moment and care about it then 
Yeah. Like give people very much leeway. I'm just saying, I'm just saying that's the way that's what his two characters. He never once talks about remorse for anything. He doesn't need to shout it to the world. I think Elliot's got a vendetta against space criminals. No, I like him very much. I'm just saying I think he gets he he doesn't have necessarily remorse, but in this moment he's gotten caught up. He's not completely heartless. He's gotten caught up in it. And he is absorbed in this moment and cares about this moment. But he doesn't care about those other ones. Well, spoiler, but in the end, doesn't he sacrifice himself? No. Oh, no, he runs away. Yeah. He's like, see ya, I'm going to save my own ass. Yeah, yeah. he <laughs> saves the day. He, he, he sews up Natasha Henstridge's uh, leg That's wound. True. But he's also when he's doing it, he's like, I'm doing this for you, but you've got to do something for me. Yeah, totally. So, okay. Yeah. Maybe there, you're right, there's no remorse. I just got caught up in the moment. Even if he had sacrificed himself, that just means he cares about this particular moment, not past. He knows moments. how to make a get a, get a sympathetic uh, uh, vibe, without question. I love Ice Cube. I think he should be in every movie. Everyone? Every single... I think they should remake uh, Face Off with uh, Ice Cube and... And Ice Cube in dual roles, where he plays twins where they they switch Why faces would they need to do, that doesn't make any sense exactly it's the same guy yeah <laughs> well that was a lot of wasted medical surgery <laughs> but it was rev- it was breakthrough <laughs> no it should be it should be ice cube and dr dre oh <laughs> face off it should be ice cube and ice cube's son also, oh yeah, actually, that's not and bad. An actual ice cube, or ice cube and ice tea. Well, there, we, that's it. Yeah, I, a, yeah, ice tea's got some, some, a lot of movie cred. Actually, yeah. he could, he could definitely carry mm-hmm. the movie. He's been in a lot of movies. A lot of movies. He's been in a movie with Ice Cube before. They didn't trade identities though. It's I'm so, I, every time Face Off comes up, I try to explain it to myself in my head and i just get confused they just switch faces, they switch yeah, faces. I do, I just, it two guys lie. and also chest hair okay, we don't need to talk two guys about we don't need to talk about that right no now. we don't one face. uh ghost of mars though holy crap this movie is it's though every single line is corny and there's so much exposition probably a good two hours of this six hour runtime is people explaining <laughs> what's happening yeah but i like that about it at no point are you ever lost uh-huh. because there is a character there to tell you what's happening. And the layers of flashbacks are so compelling. There's there's characters that you meet that are new, and they're filling in the gaps of past events that no one even asked about. Like when that uh, there's a scientist who crashes a, a hot air balloon on the surface of Mars for mm-hmm. some reason. There is absolutely no reason for and that the, to be a flashback. The, the name of that balloon was the Penny Express. Yeah, and the... The explosion caused by that is impossibly long and I think has three different shots. I mean, they, It does, yeah. They show the, the, the balloon explode three times. They said, we're going to blow up this balloon and we're going to milk it for everything it's worth. Uh-huh. I think that's fantastic. Well, I don't see why not. You know, if you're going to blow the balloon up, you might as well just go for this it. This is also a gross movie. It's pretty gross, It's yeah. really gross. His face is being cut off. There's Jason Statham just like existing and sleezing it up, sleezing it. He is gross in this movie. Nah. What? <laughs> what? What about? Well, this is great. No. Well, what about the faces that he makes when it? Whenever he makes says a snarky remark or a, like a one liner, he kind of does this like sort of like cheeky like English snarl, and it's really just 
the probably the sleaziest thing I could think of. I don't remember that, but I really liked Jason. I paid close attention to his face, obviously, mm-hmm. for for obvious reasons. But I noticed that about his character. He had a lot of swagger back then. This was a guy like you could see that he was going to do big things in the action world. None of us could have predicted that he would go on to do Crank, obviously, yeah. because who could have seen that? Well, I, no, I was, gonna, I was actually surprised when he became an action star because like, his first couple movies were like uh, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels and Snatch. Yeah, he, he didn't just, really, he was just mumbly he dialogue. He like, like, kind of like, played like schlubs, you know? Yeah. And then like, he did the transport, and I was like, oh, that's weird. Yeah, and he was yeah. ripped and yeah. moving in fast motion. Mm-hmm. I didn't see him until um, The Expendables. Was, uh-huh. I, I don't think I knew of him until then. I mean, I've seen Snatch, but... Oh, did, did you, after seeing The Expendables, did you go back and no. watch any of his movies? No. no. But then I saw the one where he and his daughter move. Like, oh, he was home like, front? front? Yeah. yeah. yeah where he was like half just like a regular guy and then half action star <laughs> yeah and i liked both i mean when he was playing a dad it was it was i liked it it was fun i think he's i actually like yeah i don't as, as an action star i don't really like him that much and i like him more as just like a doofy guy what about as a dad would you want him to be your dad I, he is absolutely if he was my dad he'd be pretty tight you could go fishing together train in martial arts yeah. i would date shitty guys on purpose just so he, he could... as my dad would beat the shit out of them <laughs> yeah <laughs> I think my dad has beat the shit out of anybody for right. me. Zero. So you've never seen Francis. You've never seen Jason Statham covered in motor oil shirtless. Um, I mean, I can do a Google search. Yeah, but that that occurs in the original Transporter. Mm, I've I not seen that movie. It's nasty in a, the best kind of way. Nice. Yeah. I like that. I think more action heroes should be covered in just crude oil. <laughs> crude Black oil. gold. <laughs> Texas tea. Like, like the whole movie takes place on sensual it. Sensual Or like the, the, the end climax of the action yeah, movie takes place on Fast an exploding and oil rig. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, the next Fast and Furious should just be everyone swimming around in oil. Driving on top of oil slicks. Yeah, with jet skis and motorboats. I mean, they? even non-action stars look good in it. Yeah, like oh yeah. Daniel yeah. Lewis. Yeah, Lewis. In a... He looks incredible covered in oil. Mm, he does. I imagine comedians would as well. I guess... Like, like Stephen Stephen Colbert covered in oil. Oh yeah, mm. please. I'm good. Give me give me some of that. Mm. Well, how about John Stewart? Oh yeah. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> okay. I got one personally one more thing to say about this movie, and then I'll I'll. Be Does done. it have to do with the plot? Because I don't think that if anyone hasn't seen this movie, they have no idea what's it's going nothing on. Nothing to do with the plot. Excellent. So there's a, there's a scene in this movie where Natasha Hendrich, of uh, species fame, she is species. Gets the drop on Ice Cube. Yeah, she does. Like, gets the drop on him hard. I don't believe that any character in this movie could get the drop on Ice Cube. Is this the jail scene that you're talking about? Uh, I think so. Where she ends up locking... They're trying to get out, but then they end up getting locked in the Not that part. There's a part where it's like, they're like, have guns, and like, she gets the gun away from him and then punches him or something. And gets the drop on him. I don't believe that any character in this movie could get the drop on Ice Cube except for possibly Pam Greer, but she wouldn't do it that way. She gets decapitated a little too quickly in order to... Yeah, I'm just saying like... I mean, he might be surprised when he sees her head on a pike on on the the hills of Mars, but... Yeah, I don't don't think... I think the only way, the only one who would be physically capable of getting a drop on Ice Cube is her. And she's dead before she even has a chance. 
And she wouldn't have done it like that. She wouldn't have, like, grabbed the gun. She just would have tried to, like, probably, like, tried to seduce him. Or kick him in the nuts. And then pull a gun out of her hair and, like, shoot his penis off. That would have been her style. But I don't, yeah, I don't think anybody. Even Statham. Yeah, uh, Natasha Henstridge, uh, unfortunately, does not seem to have, like, a physical presence. Uh, she get, has a couple of moments, but uh, for the most part, she kind of seems like she's out of her element as this hotshot, hard-ass cop mm-hmm. in space. I think she's like out of her element in almost every movie she's ever been in. Except for being an alien. Alien uh, sex. Well, what, what is the, what do you call it? The, what is her the species thing? Wait, is she an alien in that or is she genetically engineered? I think she's both. So they found like alien DNA and they yeah they engineered grew her, her into a into a yeah. like an alien sex. They said let's make this alien into a little girl, and then she grew into a big girl and ate them all the with girl. her vagina. Yeah, and then fought Michael Madsen. Yeah, oh, what a great movie! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why didn't we watch that instead? Oh, Francis, you got anything else on Ghost of Mars? Mm-hmm. Keith, uh, one of my favorite parts. Uh, this movie actually is the uh, uh, the alien ghost germ vision. It's like this lo-fi VHS sort of floating, yeah, surreal. As as the the ghost germs are released from bodies, they float around looking for a new host, and you get this cool camera effect. And John Carpenter is kind of known for this, experimenting with um, filming things with a video camera, running it through a TV, and then filming that for yeah. the movie mm-hmm. uh, to great effect. Uh, so that was I thought there's some great creative bits like no that, that part was cool and also the design of the uh, the alien ghost germ cannibals um, you know we get to see great scenes of them filing their teeth down into points Do you like stabbing themselves through their faces and one of the female alien ghost cannibals uh, has a bra made out of human hands <laughs> literally <laughs> holding that, her yeah breasts that's pretty up. good but I feel like for the most part the alien like uh, cannibals kind of looks like they just like went Halloween costume shopping a hot topic. Well, yeah. And then, what's wrong with that? Well, I guess not. That's a that's a style aesthetic. It's gonna start. It somewhere. is a style aesthetic. <laughs> I mean, if you lose your perspective on what's cool and what's not, sure, this might look like you know teens shopping at a mall. But if you understand fashion and trends and cycles, this is on point. This is great stuff. I guess you're just way more in tune with that than I am. Yeah, I've got my finger on the pulse. I'm That's just, where I'm, I'm at. Just, I'm just an old man. Um, there's also um, so the head pikes. I'm a sucker for head pikes. Yeah, and you get good, about yeah. ten to twelve heads on pikes. Yeah. You know on. A red hill on Mars, and that's that's great. I do feel I, I'm I'm with you there. There should be more heads on pikes, just in general. Yeah, totally. Even if it's not applicable to the plot, like just throw them in there. Yeah, just as a decoration. Yeah. Um, there's some nipple screws if you look closely enough. There's lots of great details like that. What's a nipple screw? It's a screw through a nipple. Oh, okay. It's exactly what it. What it sounds like. Yeah, what it sounds like. So. After uh, Natasha Henstridge and her ragtag group of, you know, space cops, and they find some prisoners and uh, Desolation Williams' crew, uh, they all fight their way to the end with, you know, everyone's dying and some people are surviving and everyone gets picked off. But uh, what about the, the, the real climax of this movie? 
we get Ice Cube, Desolation Williams, fighting the leader of the alien space cannibals. On a train. Yeah. Well, on the marinara, yeah. actually. Yeah, he crashes through the ceiling in one of my favorite moments. Well, this train's just made out of sauce. You know, that's not that's not that hard. <laughs> yeah, you know? and bread crust. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> lasagna noodles and sauce. Yes. The alien crashes through? Yes. Well, he doesn't he have superpowers? He does. Yeah. It's not that surprising, yeah. right? And the uh, it, it's it's interesting when they reveal Natasha Henstrich has a hallucination about what uh, these alien ghost germs look like in their sort of natural form, and they resemble like some kind of an overgrown. It's like a fish. A, a f- yeah, yeah, fish wearing combat armor. Yeah, it's similar to the. What are those things at the end of Freddy's Dead? Like the, you know what I'm talking about. Where the movie turned to 3D and it was like weird like Freddy fish. Nobody saw that movie. Okay. I I saw it, but it was bad. That's what it looks like. It looks like Freddy Fish from <laughs> Freddy's Dead. In 3D. I hope this is my final nightmare. Well, guys, I think that wraps up. No, it doesn't. Another because... Rest. Why is that? Well, let's talk about the end of this movie, which... Uh, I like Ghosts of Mars a lot, but... The ending of this is... It just sort of fizzles it, out. It just stops. It feels like... I mean, it, it literally fades out, like... Uh, Mid-scene. Yeah, when you're talking to someone in a conversation conversation, and you just sort of uh, trail off. Mm-hmm. This movie just sort of trails off. Um, but doesn't it... I thought it ended with her just writing off into the distance. No, no. no. Uh, after she talks to the uh, HR department at uh, Space Cop, headquarters uh uh there's a bunch of chaos and loud noises and then ice cube kicks the door open on uh on her room and throws her a chrome plated machine gun and says let's go kick some ass because it's well because it's never ending because that bacteria can't be yeah they did the nuclear explosion that they set off earlier to vaporize the alien ghost germs did not work because they're ghosts and germs and they can only be contained in a stone but isn't that setting it up for a sequel not really trailing off i guess so i think the studio really was all in and thought wow we can make a string of these ice cube space movies well, it's set up for a sequel, but then there's another scene where they're kind of, him and Cuban Henstridge are talking, and then the, it just kind of stops halfway through that scene. Yeah, they're like, talking about uh, you'd make a great cop, you know, you'd make a great criminal. Mm-hmm. Uh, nah, let's just go kick some ass. That's what we do best, and then a super fast dissolve out to the credits. Yeah, that feels like closure to me. It's. It sounds like closure on paper, yeah. but, but it doesn't look like it. No, because there's no because they don't show him going off. They just say like this him go like nah, let's go kick some ass, and then boom, like credits. Yeah, it almost feels like it was uh, uh, just sort of tacked on or uh, shot for for funsies or. There were probably too many last scenes. Yeah, it's like you see one, and then there's another one that starts, and then there's another one that starts. Yeah, I think they had trouble picking an ending. My guess would be that uh, John Carpenter's known for being a fan of ambiguous endings, but mm-hmm. maybe uh, this this one feels like someone suggested... It not be ambiguous? Yeah, we need to set it up for a sequel. You can do your ambiguous kind of ending, but uh, I think the real ending was uh, prior. Throwing her the gun. 
That sounds like a good ending. No, I think even that before actually would be good. If like yeah, if she like if you just said tides up, time to stay alive, threw the gun, ended right That's there. That's awesome. Yeah. Especially a chrome plated gun. Chrome yeah. plated. Yeah. Cool. Although it, it fits Ice Cube, it didn't really fit. Natasha Henstridge is more well, like a. Fit in. I think like a mahogany or oak machine gun. Yeah, that would. She's be very, very like practical. earthy and like yeah. It should have the gun. Should, the gun should have just been a wave. Oh, the gun should have been uh, made out of Marinara. drugs and shot drugs. So or... it's, a, it's a gun made out of drugs that she can just take a bite off of. And then it also fires drugs. bullets that are made out of drugs. Well, that's, yeah, that's pretty Aww. good. Well, guys, that was the trash heap today. Well, let's, uh, Francis, what are your final thoughts? Would you recommend this Ghost of Mars to anyone? Uh, no. No. See, uh, thinking back on it, it kind of gives me a feeling of, like, feeling claustrophobic and just kind of uncomfortable. Not because anything creepy or weird happened, but just that was just the general feel. You want to escape this movie. Pretty, yeah. This movie much. is a prison. Yeah. Escape from this movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would not recommend it. I will probably watch it again in another 15 years, but I wouldn't necessarily suggest that anyone else. I mean, if you want to watch it, watch it, but I'm not going to say like, you got to go ahead and watch this movie. I would definitely recommend this to everybody because I think it's one. It's a fascinating study in film technique uh, via one the cinematography and all the the flashbacks and exposition, and uh, also I think there's a lot of talented people kind of thrown into a uh, a unique action movie. There is wasn't really anything like this. Um, yeah, there's a reason for when that. it came out. Wasn't <laughs> <laughs> good. I'm also a sucker for. Uh, action movies in that 90s tradition and vibe and i think this fits right in uh in fact like i said i think if it had come out five years earlier it would have been a far more popular uh mm -hmm. and and better revered but uh well and i i don't think the f fault falls on i mean i really enjoy john carpenter and i don't and this is a bad movie that he made but i think it's because it came out in the 90s and the 90s were just kind of like a uncomfortable time. Yeah. Came out in 2001. Oh, shit. Get your facts Sorry. Straight. Well, that's the it thing. Still it feels, feels like, like it's the 90s. Right. Yeah. Uh, if, if it came out in the 90s, they probably would have given him a bigger budget. Which would have been helpful. Yeah. And, and it, yeah, I can see what you're saying. It could have been like the, the blade of space bacteria. Yeah. When I was saying it came out in the 90s, you were just staring at me blankly. <laughs> you weren't going to correct me. Nah. You were trying to get to a point, and that's the, the point is the point, and not the... the. I just wanted you to make give you or look take, like a fool. Give, give or take two years, that really... I mean, it basically did come out in the 90s, so... Mm. Well, the early 2000s was also its own uncomfortable time. Yeah, I'm sure enough... Maybe even more uncomfortable. Interesting movies came out during that time that it, it made Go Some More stand out. In a different way, but I think this is a beautiful movie. If if you really are are weary of it, uh, watch it with the sound off, and see if it grabs you. I want to go on the record saying that I think that's a terrible idea, because you will not watch this movie for a very long. You'll make about about to the wave. Uh, Spend the day pretending you can't hear movies and enjoy the visual feast that is Ghosts of Mars. Thank you.
Well, thank you guys, thanks a lot for listening to this installment of The Trash Heap. Uh, if you have anything you want to say about Ghosts of Mars, contact us through the internet somehow, and maybe we'll talk about what you talked about. Send some kind of uh, carrier space ghost bacteria pigeon. Not to me, though. Send that directly to Keith. Thanks, guys. See you next time. Bye-bye.